everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me are Corey Branson and Diana Hong of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. And yes, in case what you misheard what I just said, we are back live in the booth. Not not doing a remote or pre-recorded show like we have for the past year and a half. We are here face-to-face for the first time since it was last March. Uh... It's unfortunate that it's a small group here today, both due to the health and safety restrictions of CITR. You're only allowed four people max anyway in a studio right now. And also because some members of the collective are very busy with this uh, beginning of the school year. We're thankful for just being able to be here in the booth, however. And this is a special episode for you, Diana, as despite being a member for the collective for (laughs) over a year now, this is your first time in the actual studio. And, uh, Corey, you've been a part of the show for longer than uh, that. You've been in this booth before, but we're obviously uh, super happy to have you here still as well. Yeah, uh, happy to be back. (laughs) It feels great. (laughs) Yeah, now it's been a while since we had an episode, so today's show will mostly be a look back at what took place over the summer while uh, we were gone. Yeah, it's been nearly three months. Uh, June 16th was our last show, our pre-recorded show. So plenty of updates in the Thunderbird universe since then. Uh, There was a certain international sporting competition featuring plenty of T-Birds, past and present, that took place this summer. You may have heard of it. Diana is all over that. Closer to home, though, plenty happened as well, including Canada West schedule releases, recruit class introductions, and staffing changes. So we'll do our best to break it down for you. Starting with the recruits, each varsity program welcomed in a number of first years looking to make impacts on their teams over the summer. In tandem with last year's class that for the most part was barred from competing, it will be a fresh look for every T-Birds outfit in 2021. So let's chat about some of those new faces. I mean, every team is going to look pretty different to the last time that they played, given that you're going to have two years worth of uh, incoming students. And no team has more new people than the women's rugby program have 18 prospects coming to join the team, including the 28-year-old Jade Farhat, who has uh, previous university experience at Western. I always find it funny with the U-sports being able to bring in older students, people who have played professionally in different leagues even, which is not something you see with the uh, NCAA. They're a lot more uh, loose with it as long as you're taking classes. Yeah, Farhat uh, coming back to do her B-Ed degree here at UBC and looking to play some rugby as well. Uh, special shout out to Delaney Woods, also one of the r- rugby recruits. She's coming from the academy of my alma mater, Esquimalt High School in Victoria. So Delaney, <laughs> I wish you all the best. Don't mess it up for us. <laughs> yeah, all it took was what, four minutes and we already have a Victoria reference from Corey. So we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> it's real, folks. I mean, the women's hockey team, they've got six recruits. They had to replace Tori McLash in goal, which is a very big deal, given that she was one of the top goalies in the entire country in her time at UBC. Uh, They brought in Kayla McDougall, who was a very uh, highly recruited goalkeeper prospect. So hopefully she'll be able to uh, take on that role in, uh, in the goal. One transfer is arriving on the team as well. Uh, Joel Fiala, departing NCAA Division I. Robert Morris, 
That's a school that's disbanding its hockey program, so she decided to take her talents back home, back to Canada here. She's looking yeah. to contribute as well. A bit tough when the entire program just dissolves. <laughs> <laughs> Not the only one looking for a new school, I'm sure, from that hockey program. Uh, looking at the UBC swimming program, we have 10 recruits, seven women, three men. They're joining that legendary outfit. The crown jewel of that class is Kayla Sanchez, who's set to arrive next January, actually. We'll take, uh, we'll take a deeper dive into her successes in our Olympics coverage. I mean, the, <laughs> the UBC swim program always brings in the very, the very best athletes. And, uh, one of the other story programs at UBC is the women's field hockey team. Maybe not the last few years, the last two or three years, not been quite as much. It's what I think they won, what is it, nine, eight or seven or eight or nine national championships in a row or something like that. Uh, they haven't won one for a couple of years, but they've got uh, five new players trying to start another streak. There's the uh, Dutch player, Lisa Haubrecha. Good try. <laughs> Are you gonna you gonna correct me? I on think that? it's I I I put this through Google Translate. I tried so hard. Lisha Haubrechtse. I think right. I I don't know. I I have a bit of German, and I know German is different from Dutch, but that's my that's my best <laughs> attempt. Um, regardless, I think Lisha is how you say her first name. I'm pretty confident on that. Mm-hmm. So Lisha, we wish her the best as well. <laughs> Please tell us how to pronounce your name. Um, a few varsity programs. Uh, saw changes behind the benches as well. Former T-Bird Diana, oh, my name is Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Lee will join the women's basketball team as an assistant coach. Um, Lee spent three years as a point guard with the Thunderbirds, winning a Canada West title and a U Sports bronze along the way. Recently hired head coach Aaron McLean. Oh Lord, sorry, <laughs> Coach Lee um, out of FIBA. Uh, U18 event back in 2010, so the two have some history. It's not just the Dutch names that are hard. The Canadian <laughs> names can get you, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I got an easy one, though. Jackson Playfair. He's the newest assistant coach on the men's hockey team. He's an Abbotsford native. He played four years of U-sports hockey at Dalhousie, uh, and he's now following in his father's footsteps on the coaching path. Jim Playfair is an associate coach with the Edmonton Oilers. Apparently, he's been working with them for 20 years. <laughs> Quite a career. Yeah, and uh, in some other news, there are five Thunderbirds alumni elected to the Field Hockey Canada's Hall of Fame class. Speaking of names, we got some here. So, Corey, <laughs> might need you to back me up <laughs> again. So, you got uh, David Bissett uh, being inducted as an athlete. Two coaches, uh, Shiaz Verji and Shiv Jagday. Oh probably mispronounce at least one of those. I think those I are pretty good. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> and then there's also two in the builders category. That's Bob Hart Harris and Peter Buckland. Hey. Very good. Very good. It's interesting for us. We had all these pre-recorded shows where if you like messed up the pronunciation of a name, you just go back and re-record it. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a lot of pressure on. Uh, UBC did join forces with six other universities in the province to form the BC University Sport Alliance, or the BCUSA. Uh, Their mission is uh, better advocating for student-athletes. Friend of the show and managing director of athletics and campus recreation, Kavi Tour, will be the alliance's inaugural chair. Interested to see what they come up with there. Yeah, and then some other big news on the baseball diamond. All the way back in July... The former ace for the Thunderbirds baseball team, Garrett Hawkins, was selected in the MLB draft. The 280th overall pick in the ninth round, he was taken by the San Diego Padres and is now 
uh, playing in their organization. He is the sixth Thunderbird to be taken in the MLB draft since 2015. That's the year that the current head coach, Chris Pritchett, took over uh, in charge. So some good return there for the Thunderbirds. And, uh, of course, congratulations to Garrett. Yeah, best of luck there. All right. And um, with the Tokyo Olympics getting pushed a year back due to the pandemic, the Summer Olympics ran from July 23rd with the Paralympics ending just recently ended on September 5th. Ever since our first Thunderbird competed at the Olympic Games in 1982 Amsterdam, uh, UBC has had a total of 67 Olympic medals, including 19 gold, 22 silver, 26 bronze, and 56 Paralympic medals, 24 gold, 13 silver, 18 bronze. So that's a lot. Um, 42 Thunderbirds competed at the Tokyo Olympics Games. Um, there were UBC staff attending the games as well, including the three Thunderbird staff who helped the women's soccer team win Canadian's first ever women's soccer Olympic gold medal. That was a very exciting game. I did wake up at, <laughs> what was it, 5 a.m. to watch the game? Yeah, I think it was 5. I watched the second half. That's all <laughs> I can manage. <laughs> no, I, I set that alarm. I... I was literally stayed in bed the entire game, just watching it on my phone <laughs> as it went on, and uh, that was that was very exciting. The penalty kicks going, what however many rounds I think it was seven or eight rounds in the penalty shootout, and then got that great excitement, and then had to go to work about an hour <laughs> later, <laughs> just very tired. But it was it was definitely worth it to see the game. Yeah, and I think the whole entire day everyone was talking about it. I mean, it was. And then we were all, and we were all having, I mean, my friends, we were all having a great day. <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, gold medal. We want gold, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, so the three staff who were part of that whole journey um, with the gold medal was uh, Jasmine Mander, uh, who was the women's soccer technical staff, Mallory White, um, women's soccer physiotherapist, and Zach Kalthoft, women's soccer strength and conditioning um, coach, so thank you. <laughs> and moving on to women's rowing, um, we have Kristen Kitt, uh, the Canadian women's rowing eight won gold at the Olympics, so another gold, which included our very own Thunderbird, Kristen Kitt, who coaxed the boat along with her teammates. Um, this marks as Kitt's first Olympic medal. This was also the first Canadian women's rowing eight gold medals since 1992 in Barcelona when Kathleen Heddle won double skulls with Marnie McBean at 1996 Atlanta. Yeah, Canada came in with a final time of 5 minutes 59.13 seconds, which was less than a second ahead of New Zealand in this two-kilometer race. I always find that crazy at the Olympics when you can have a race, no matter how long it is, there's people separated by just a second, half a second, two seconds, whatever. It just shows how good all of them are. Mm -hmm. Good for us. I feel bad for the Kiwis. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, Kristen did have an Instagram post uh, right before the race saying, why not us? Uh, she was asking the women uh, that she was coxing, uh, why not us? And the product of their choice was their success. Uh, she wanted them to race with courage, uh, and she felt the women on her team responded to every call she made uh, with their legs and their hearts. Uh, she says her optimist tendencies uh, hope that their win inspires the next generation of women to ask that same question. Why not us? And I think this also speaks to how um, women are slaying in sports, <laughs> needs more recognition. Um, so yeah, very proud and 
hopefully the next generation you can see more of these. Um, we also got Hilary Jensen's our Thunderbird along with her teammate Kaylee Filmer um, who won bronze in the women's rowing pair. Yeah, they had a time of 6 minutes, 52.1 seconds. They were actually leading after both the 500 and 1,000 meter sections of the race. They were eventually passed by the teams from New Zealand and Russia, but still were able to uh, get on the podium. Yeah, and speaking of, we already talked about Kayla Sanchez, but a little bit more, an incoming Thunderbird recruit, Kayla Sanchez, competed at her first Olympics in Tokyo and earned a silver medal alongside her teammate Penny Alexiak, Margaret McNeil, and Rebecca Smith in the 400-100 meters freestyle relay. Yeah, in the last 50 meters of that race, Canada and the United States were fighting for second place. Penny Alexia, Canada's golden penny, as they call her. She anchored the relay and pushed, the ca- and pushed Canada into second place. Yeah, Sanchez, in her individual events, was not able to get onto the podium. She did place fourth with a time of 53.12 seconds in the 100-meter freestyle qualifiers and eighth with a time of 24.93 seconds in the 50-meter freestyle. Yeah, but uh, in the Olympic swimming trial, she did place first in the 50-meter freestyle and second in the 100-meters freestyle, so maybe in the future. Yeah, and, and just a reminder, this Canadian Olympian is coming to UBC in yeah. January, and she'll be here for a few years. So, yeah. well, by the time that uh, the 2022 Olympics happen, I guess she'll still be a student at UBC, assuming she does continue with a full degree. So we'll be able to watch that whole Thunderbirds career unfold, building up to the next Olympics. Oh, yeah. Before we get into men's race walking, I just want to tell a story about the women's swimming event. Uh, We here at Thunderbird Eye, of course, cover the uh, Canadian College Nationals for swimming. Uh, We really enjoy covering that because UBC does so well. Um, (laughs) Some of you may remember a particularly good swimmer, women's swimmer for the Varsity Blues at the University of Toronto, uh, that we talked about a lot. Uh, Her name is Kylie Moss. Um, Fantastic. Uh, She won a couple medals in Tokyo, uh, and she used to just dominate the pool uh, at every competition when she was part of the University of Toronto program. Uh, the funny story is we talked about her a lot on the show and we never pronounced her name right. Uh, we said Kylie Massey every single time. Uh, and we had a conversation as we were watching her win a silver medal uh, in Tokyo uh, on our little Facebook group chat saying, wow, <laughs> we messed that one up, didn't we? <laughs> so always, uh, always do your research, kids. Yes. <laughs> but then, you know, it's okay. You make a mistake and then you learn. And the next time we talk about it, no? <laughs> <laughs> yes, now we know. Kylie Moss. <laughs> and now that, now that she's out of use for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we know. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, I mean, we're going to talk about this race walking. Um, uh, I got the pronunciation right, I think. So <laughs> finally, there was some school history as Evan Dunphy won bronze in the men's 50 kilometers race walk and became the first number to ever win a track and field medal at the olympics which is uh from last his last olympics he was fourth and then um winning a bronze is awesome so congratulations yeah he was actually outside of the podium places in the final kilometer of the race but he picked it up at the end and he finished with a time of three hours 50 minutes 59 seconds which ended up being nine seconds ahead of fourth place. Yeah, this was actually the final time that the 50-meter or 50-kilometer <laughs> men's race walk is going to be its own event. Uh, it's There's not actually been an announcement of what exactly is replacing it, whether it's going to be 
some type of team relay race walk event or an entirely different track event, but something else is going to be replacing it at uh, 2024. Yeah, and the conditions were tough. Um, the race began at 9 a.m., but the temperature at the, that time was already 28 degrees with almost 70% humidity. As well as the whole event, there's been a lot of like delay with the games, um, with women's soccer as well. So Yeah, well, that was the reason the women's soccer game ended up being 5 a.m. here. Mm-hmm. It's because the players from both teams were saying, hey, we're not going to play at the hottest time of the day yeah. in Japan. <laughs> so it was tough for them, but they pulled through. <laughs> Uh, we actually had Evan Dunphy on our show November 25th of last year. It was a great interview. Uh, he talked a lot about his thoughts about the Olympics and how he's preparing for them. So you can go check that out if you want to hear more about him. Uh, Jake was talking about like a relay aspect, something like that. UBC is pumping out fantastic race walkers. We did an interview with Kenny Ho a couple of years ago. Uh, there's Alger Liang is also at the school. I'm not sure if he's still at the school, but he was here. Um, so some really fantastic walkers that have competed in the Olympics, in the Pan Am Games. And so... If there is some sort of relay event, expect a lot of uh, T-Bird representation in that. And uh, we're now going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. When we come back, we're going to be looking ahead at what the Canada West play will look like for our Thunderbird sports teams uh, this year. And also look at a couple of the teams who have been in action in recent weeks. The Aboriginal Frontier Society is a culturally safe, peer-designed, non-judgmental place for Aboriginal peoples, their friends and their family in the downtown Eastside. It's an accessible space where Aboriginal folks can experience, learn and participate in traditional Aboriginal culture, teachings and ceremonies as part of their healing journey through life. Right now, they're accepting donations of food and warm clothing, which are needed more than ever as residents of the downtown Eastside face the challenges of COVID-19 and winter weather. If you're able to help, you can drop your donation off at 384 Main Street on weekdays between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. That is 384 Main Street. To learn more about the Aboriginal Frontier Society and other ways that you can support their work, please visit abfrontdoor.org. Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop is Vancouver's choicest destination for one-of-a-kind artist-made prints, posters, screen prints, riso prints, paintings, acrylic paintings, watercolour paintings, ceramic mugs, ceramic plates, ceramic bowls, ceramic pots, lapel pins, hats, toques, crochet bathing suits, jewellery, trinkets, knickknacks, hand-painted signs, curated thrift, and a bunch more stuff that won't fit in this designated block of airtime. Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop, located at 1636 Venables, just off commercial. Open 11 to 6, six days a week. For the best in funk, soul, surf, and more music, tune in to Jack Velvet's Suburban Jungle Show. Wednesday mornings from 8 to 10 at CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Add us on Twitter at Jack Velvet Radio. Jack Velvet's Suburban Jungle Show. Also available streaming and podcast at jackvelvet.net.
Australia and Canada both have wide open spaces and wild sounds that fill them. Join your host, Matt, as he shares brand new tunes and archived classics from the independent music worlds of Australia and Canada on Stranded, the Australian-Canadian music show. Listen Tuesdays from 11 p.m. to midnight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. And now we're going to talk about what this upcoming Canada West season is going to look like for our different teams. Yes, after basically all varsity athletics were canceled last year, sports are fully returning this year. Yeah! <laughs> Canada West has put in place modified season structures for this year with fewer games for each team and an emphasis on decreasing travel when possible. Yeah, these new guidelines are mostly going to affect basketball, soccer, and volleyball. So this year, the Thunderbirds in those sports are only playing schools in BC during regular season conference play. So there's going to be a BC division, an Alberta division, and a Saskatchewan-Manitoba division combined. Yeah, which is pretty interesting given that uh, that'll, that'll definitely affect how the different rankings are done nationally, given that it'll be difficult when you're looking at teams that are only playing three or four or five other teams during the whole season. Like, how do you separate that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, there are only six football teams in Canada West, and the Thunderbirds are the only ones in BC, so you can't really have a BC-only division there. Their season has been moved down uh, from a normal eight games to just six this year, though. Um, the UBC hockey teams are playing 20 games this year, uh, which usually 28th, so also decrease as well, with just two against most teams and six against Trinity Western, who are the closest school geographically. Uh, the Thunderbirds women's rugby 15s team, they're just playing five games. Two of those are going to be against uh, Victoria, and then one each against the three Alberta teams. Yeah, and then finally, the Canada West Championships for golf, cross-country swimming, and track and field. They're going to be happening as they normally do, but that's kind of a different situation since there isn't conference events or regular season, quote-unquote, events for those sports. Like the golf teams, they play NAIA tournaments mostly. Swimming teams do their own events. So it's really just like a one-time thing per semester for those championships anyway. Um, and uh, last week, there was the announcement of the Canada West vaccine mandate. Um, all athletes and staff must have their first dose by tomorrow and their second dose by October 17th, or they will not be allowed to participate. Yeah, so I, I do wonder if we're going to have any headlines of players not being allowed to participate this year due to uh, refusal to get the vaccine. But yeah. we'll, we'll see hopefully if that ends not. up happening. Yeah, hopefully not, but uh, that'll be interesting. You hear us, athletes? Get the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Don't let us down. Yeah. Now, the, the one pair of varsity teams that have been in some real action recently are, are Thunderbird soccer teams. They've both played a couple of exhibition matches uh, in recent weeks, and they start their conference seasons this Friday. Yeah! That'll be the first of uh, any of the the sports that are only in Canada West, I believe, that are playing since the the shutdown. Like there's obviously the golf, swimming, different track events happening this past year, but the soccer team was one of the teams that did not play at all the entire year. So that'll be super cool uh, that they get to be back in action. 
Yeah, uh, talking about those exhibition matches, we don't have too, too much info on them. Uh, but we do know the women's team played twice. First, a 3-3 draw against their rivals, Trinity Western, in mid-August. And then they had a 3-1 win over our sister school, UBC Okanagan, this past weekend. The game against UBCO was fun as there was free admission for all UBC Jumpstart students to come watch. And this season is especially exciting for the Thunderbirds women's soccer team because um, our team will, are the defending national champions. Uh, they were also named tops in Canada West in the preseason coaches poll last week. So That was really one of the, the last big great things from the, from the pre-pandemic uh, year was the the women's soccer team winning the national championship they all had, went downhill from there <laughs> that was, yeah, like... the last good thing <laughs> but they they had they had a great defense all year if i remember correctly they lost uh in the canada west conference championship final and then beat the same team at the national championship final so that was some fun revenge the men's team has played three games recently the first was a tough 4-0 loss to the Vancouver Whitecaps U23 team. They then drew 1-1 against SFU in a cross-town rivalry match and lost 2-1 to the Pacific Coast Soccer League team FC Tigers a few days ago. Yeah, in 2019, the Thunderbirds men's team won the Canada West Championship for the third straight season, uh, but they did finish sixth at Nationals. They finished top two in the Canada West regular season standings each of the last five years. So... We're hoping that even with a year off, that success will continue. Now we're going to look ahead at some of our upcoming matches. As we talked about, soccer does get underway this Friday. Uh, so both the women's team and the men's team will be playing Thompson Rivers University. Those games will be in Kamloops. Uh, and those are games uh, both on Friday and on Saturday. Um, they will have those games. And then we actually have some golf uh, starting next week. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday, uh, the men will be playing in the UBC Thunderbirds Invitational, the women in the UBC Gail Moore Intercollegiate. Uh, even though those are officially UBC-hosted events, they take place in Bellingham, Washington. Uh, <laughs> which usually is weird this year, uh, considering the conference they play, and probably good for travel, uh, because they yeah. play with a lot of American teams. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be a lot logistically to have all of those American teams to come up to, for an event in Canada when there's probably Definitely. when UBC is probably the only Canadian team taking part of the event. Although sometimes there's like a University of Victoria, University of Fraser Valley, but a lot of the times it's uh it's just UBC. It mostly is, yeah. Yeah, and uh, going back to the the men's soccer team playing SFU, that made me remember I saw uh, a week or two ago. Apparently, there's going to be the return of the uh, basketball exhibition game between UBC and SFU, the men's teams. Uh, I believe that's in scheduled for October or November, and it's the first time they're playing each other in seven or eight years or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Nice. They, they used to play every year in an exhibition game against each other, and that's sort of fallen off, especially as SFU now mostly plays American teams as part of the NCAA Division Two, but... Uh, it, it would be nice if we could play them more in different types of exhibition games because that's always fun to have the the intercity rivalry. And Definitely. I think um, Zach's brother plays for SFU, I believe. No? Zach? Yeah. No? Cruz? Zach whom? Cruz Oh, Dumont. Oh, Jack Cruz Jack Dumont. Cruz, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a first-name basis. Yeah. All right, Diana. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see them play yeah. each other as well yeah i mean usually our, our top rivals are is victoria and trinity western in different sports 
So it's cool to, cool to have one in the same city. And uh, with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Diana Hong. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.